0: Today on the podcast, we sit down with Jorge Resendiz from the House of the Orange Blossom located in the Rio Grande Valley in South Texas. So really a fascinating conversation that we had with him around his journey to venue ownership and how the industry is different down there in South Texas. I'm excited about this episode. I think you're gonna love it. Let's dive in.
1: We document and share best practices around owning, operating, and managing world-class wedding venues.
0: Jorge, welcome to the Venue Rx. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for the invitation. I'm excited. Well, I'm really excited about chatting with you as well. You know, before we jumped on here, we were just talking uh, about the location of your venue, where you're you're located. And, you know, I'm from Texas, uh, from the, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, where in Texas are you guys located?
1: We are in Westlipville, Texas, the southern tip of Texas.
0: Wow, awesome. Okay, so you are in... Um, you're, you're, how close to the coast are you? We are actually very close to Mexico. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, um, we're, we're, it's, it's a border town.
0: Okay. Okay. Very cool. Border, border towns come up a lot, I think recently in the news. Right. And I'm curious, I'm going to ask some questions. I'm curious about the, the impact that maybe that has on, Um, The weddings that you do, the types of weddings, you know, being such a close border town. um, I actually lived in Mexico, in Celaya, for six months.
1: Oh, yeah. Guanajuato.
0: Yeah, Guanajuato, right there. Um, And so we went back across the border. Obviously, it was much longer than where you guys are located. But I'm curious. So could you tell me, give me a little bit of a backstory on how you got into the wedding industry? Well, um, it was
1: like over 20 years ago, I was a banker. Um, I was managing a bank for, you know, the last 15 years. And then I started doing, um, winning planning on the side and well, it, you know, 15 years later, it turns out, you know, now that I have an amazing job and amazing career, so it, it it just started because I got bored and I wanted to do something extra and as a hobby. And now I made it into a
0: career. <laughs> Wow, I was gonna say the jump from banker to wedding planning, wedding venues. I mean, that's a pretty big, big jump. Um, What inspired you? Like, what was the first thing that exposed you to the wedding industry?
1: Well, um, when you're in the banking industry, I mean, you, you get to do events, but they give you no budget, and they, you know, they throw in, okay, we have to do an amazing party and a corporate event, but this is your budget, so we have to be creative in asking for sponsors. You know, just working with our budget and that's how it started. And since we were doing a lot of events, a lot of recognitions, a lot of corporate events, with sponsorships and we we're getting things for free and things like that, even though the bank had money, but they didn't want to spend that, of course. So, um, one of my colleagues says, Hey, you know, since you do a lot of events, could you do my wedding? And he's, and I'm like, yeah, sure I can do it. So I planned the whole thing at actual South Patrio Island. Um, and from there, you know, it, it, it was. I mean that's why i started basically
0: <laughs> so how do you then understand from from that point where you were you know maybe getting excited about the wedding industry specifically how did you get into uh owning the venue that you own today so i started renting
1: um so my first part of the business started wedding consultation wedding planning and all that so i started doing um the wedding uh you know, the wedding planning and organization and all that. And then I started acquiring like furniture, you know, rentals and all that, and then linens and then flowers, and then one thing to another. And then, um, you know, 15 years later, I lost my, my business due to COVID. So I had, I was leasing a, an amazing event center, uh, for the last six years before COVID, um, I made money and, but I was leasing it. It was never going to be mine, but I made good money. And then after COVID I had to let it go because of course we couldn't do any more events. And so, you know, and I was just tired of working for other people, managing other events centers and so forth. So then I decided my partner, and I decided, okay, it's time for us to look for something that is ours. And we found this property abandoned for the last 10 years. Um, it's a colonial house, 1913 colonial house that was abandoned. And as soon as we saw it, we fell in love with it. I'm like, okay, that's our wedding venue. That's that's ours. And we met an offer. And then a year later, which is opened last year, you know, now we're
0: doing weddings here. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. So and this one you purchased. This one's yours? Yes. Yes. This one we purchased. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Have you noticed? I'm actually really fascinated to ask you this question. Have you noticed a difference between your experience? operating the venue now that you own it versus before when you just were leasing it out?
1: Um, yes. So, well, I mean, there is a slight change. I mean, both, you know, when you're leasing a property, I mean, you have full reign of, over it. So it was like, it's, it was mine. You know, the owners, they didn't have anything to do with it. So basically I was running it like it was mine, but now it's kind of special because it's, it's mine. And I know that. You know, if everything that I'm, you know, everything that I do, you know, it's for the, you know, f- you know, to just, you know, it, it's mine. I don't know how to explain it. it it's yeah. very, I mean, it's different because, um, now it's, I don't see it as a, as a work. I see it as. It's your thing. You're building. Yeah. You're building into your legacy. Yeah. hundred percent. So anything that you put into it, you know, it's an investment and it's, it's, it, you know, people are going to enjoy it and, and, you know, so it's. Yes, it's definitely different because I any mean, you own it. So now uh, everything that you put in all the money, you know, it's it's worth it.
0: Yeah, that makes that makes so much sense. That's cool. We don't currently own any of the five venues that we manage here in in Southern California, but we oh. definitely would like to own some one day. And I know that that you know we're moving in that direction. But um, I've we've thought about that. My wife and I have thought about that quite a bit, and so that's cool. Tell me a little bit about the property itself. So the property, uh, it's like I said,
1: like I mentioned before, it's a 1913 colonial house. So he, when we first acquired it, we just thought it was a house with, you know, one acre of, uh, property in the back of land. Well, we, when we actually closed the sale or we did the survey, it turned out that we had three acres instead of one. So that made it even better. Because now we had parking and we had a lot of more things that we could do. So the property, um, the property itself is 3- 3,500 square feet. It's a two-story colonial house. We remodeled the whole thing, um, from beginning to end. So we have a bridal suite inside. We have a groom suite. We have, um, the main ballroom that people can take pictures and so forth. So, and then outside we do have a chapel. We built a chapel. We also built a, uh, enchanted garden, you know, and we also have a wedding arbor. And then we did a covered pergola that we can fit up to 200 guests inside that, but we're straight, we're strictly outdoors. We're strict, we're strictly outdoors. So
0: we're considered an outdoor wedding venue. Okay. That makes sense. And it sounds like with the exception of the, um, you know, bridal quarters, some of the areas like the getting ready areas, the covered outdoor area with a pergola, that's more where, like, the reception takes place? That is correct. Okay. Yes. Makes sense. So, you host weddings there, then, for guest counts of up to 200? Up to 200, correct. Makes sense. Do your venue, uh, you know, there's a couple different styles of venues. I know there's, like, the blank canvas venues where people are pretty much bringing everything in, and then there's all-inclusive venues. uh, And I know there's other styles in between there, but what do you offer as far as packages for clients that are looking to get married there?
1: So it's, it's a little bit different, um, because the venues are, our market is very different down here, all of the venues, mostly, uh, you know, 90% of the venues, they do offer packages and they don't let anything, anyone else come in. So you pretty have, you pretty much have, if you go to a venue and rent it, they're beautiful, but you have to go through their package, but that's just industry standard. So what I've done, I've done also, you know, the all-inclusive packages, but also rent the estate by itself, meaning that they can just rent the space and they can bring their own vendors because I didn't want to impose, you know, I didn't want to like, impose on my clients and say, oh, you have to go through me. Because I mean, one, what if they don't like my style, you know, two, what if they don't like the catering that I have? So there's a possibility of them bringing
0: their own vendors and that's okay with us. Has that been pretty popular? uh, in, in the area now that you're doing that or not really? No,
1: a lot of people like industry standards, you know, they'll go with their all inclusive package and they'll go with that package. Even though I just want to rent it by itself and not worry about anything and says, here's my property, I just rent it. You know, you take care of everything they won't. People want the all-inclusive, um. And not only that, I mean, they have, they know about my, my background. They know what I can do. They know that, you know, I, I have my background in, you know, uh, wedding planning and organization and dual flowers and things like that. So they, they like that. <laughs> They're like, no, we want to hire you to do everything. I'm like, oh, okay, I can do that. But that what we want to accomplish in the future is allow other vendors to come in and take care of everything. I just, I, I want to retire early.
0: I don't want to be doing everything. a hundred percent. Like anyone knows, you know, who's an owner and an operator. It's a lot of work, you know, it's, it's so much work. It's a long day. You're obviously doing some of the planning. Um, you, you mentioned, you know, what's industry standard down, down there and also just how the industry is different. Could you explain to me, tell me and the listeners and, and the viewers here, how do you feel like the industry, the wedding industry is different? down there. It's the, in the Rio Grande Valley, is that Grand Valley? Yeah. Okay. How is it different there versus other places that maybe you've heard?
1: Well, I, I've done weddings, you know, upstate in Austin, San Antonio, you know, where, you know, you go to a hotel, you just rent the hotel, you just rent the space. Um, just a couple of years ago, I did one, um, in Bernie, Texas, where the bride just fell in love with a, with a, with a house. And it was just a house with, you know, something similar to what we have. Well, it was just $7,000, uh, just to rent the space by itself with chairs and tables for up to hundred guests. So those 7,000 here, I mean, you can do a lot more stuff because everything's less expensive than upstate. So that's what I'm, you know, that's, what's different that upstate, you know, in San Antonio, Houston, you know, Dallas, there's no such thing as packages. <laughs> So everything's customized and you just rent the space by itself. And then you bring on your own vendor. So you own cater, your own everything here. There's no such thing. Mm-hmm. you, you have to get a packet and because people are just, you know, used to that, it, that's, that's what people want. They don't want to be taken care of. Like, oh, I want to bring my own cater. I want to bring my own flowers. I guess they don't have time and it's just, it's more convenient for them.
0: to you have everything all inclusive with a venue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And this, so this might, I really want to ask this question. It might come off as ignorant, maybe, but I'm going to, I, w- I want to ask it because I, I am curious. We here in San Diego, uh, where I live, is about 45 minutes from the U.S.-Mexico border. So we're pretty close to Tijuana, you know, 45 minutes, 50 minutes, something like that. Um, do, you, do you have a lot of people either coming from Mexico up to a venue or to a wedding Maybe relatives, family members, you know, whoever, things like that, coming up, or do you not see that as much?
1: Oh yeah, this, that's very common. I mean, we have people, you know, it, we're like thirty minutes away from from the border, so and that's just a common trend that people come and go. So we do have a lot of traffic from from Mexico.
0: Okay, that's very cool. Um, I, I was thinking about that the customs maybe uh, of of, you know, obviously as Texas, as you go more and more South, there's more of a Hispanic influence being so close to the border. I assume the Hispanic influence is very, very strong. Do oh, you yeah. also do other types of events? Quinceaneras, uh, other sorts of events like that? Yes. Quinceaneras a big business down here. Um,
1: there's even. You talk about going the young uh, inclusive. there's even venues that have the Wedding, they sell the wedding dress with a package and even the kinsengina dress with a package. So sometimes I get, you know, they ask me, hey, do you also include invitations and, you know, wedding dresses? And I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want to deal with that because that's a whole different business. You know, and the least thing that I want is people, you know, I don't want to be making a hundred bucks on an item that it, I don't have control over. And mm-hmm. so that's why
0: I, I don't do that. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. It's very interesting hearing about different uh, different types of wedding cultures and event cultures. Uh, I talked to a venue owner from, from Utah, and even just like with the heavy Mormon influences there, the style of weddings being so different with not having dancing, not having alcohol, some of those things right. totally are, are, are really mind-blowing. So you mentioned before we got on that you do some venue consulting with, some other venues in the area. When you see a venue owner or someone looking to start a venue in that area, what are some of the common problems maybe that they're trying to overcome? Staffing, first of all, um someone that ha- doesn't know uh, did they have
1: trouble. I mean they wanna they open the beautiful place, but they don't have someone to be there and sell it. Uh And I told the owner, it is not something that they have to have experience on. It's more something like an attitude kind of thing and more customer service, because you know, that really, that's what it is. I mean, when I start, when we opened this venue last year in February, my first booking was in March and we didn't have anything done. We didn't have restrooms. We didn't have, I mean, it looked awful and. They came in and they booked it our first event was march so now i look go back to those pictures and they looked awful i don't know why i rented it by you know like that but that's one of the major challenges is hiring people to do the right job you know like sales and and coordinators who know how to sell the event center itself so,
0: mm. is do you feel like staffing is an issue specifically in your area or is that just kind of in general people are struggling with staffing because it's harder to find good people.
1: Well, I think that one of the challenges is that they venue owners want you know, they want to sell, they want to book it, they want to make sure that the the place is rented. Um, so that's that's one of the biggest challenges finding the right people uh, because I mean you can just hire someone to be there, but if they don't know how to sell it and they don't they're they're not passionate about what they're seeing and how to tell the customer like, how to how to make a vision for the customer, and say hey we can do this, we can do that, you know
0: and that's that's the challenge hmm. that that makes a lot of sense as we're talking about team here do you uh currently have a team there that, that you work with at your venue no i me my, my husband we do everything here
1: okay. we do everything from tours from you know the flowers you know you see me like this because i was taking care of the lawn right now you know it is a three acre property so we do that ourselves um we contracted someone but I don't like the way they're doing it. So I'm like, I'm going to just do it myself.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes when you are, you can stay in charge of quality control. It is more labor intensive, but it gets done the way that you want it to get done. Exactly. Correct. Right. Exactly. That, that makes sense. Talk to me about marketing. And I'm curious about some of your systems and things like that. How are you currently getting business? So I, I only rely on three
1: things, Facebook, Instagram, and then I do uh, contract a local wedding magazines, um, to do, you know, part of the advertisement, Mm -hmm. but I, I, based on my, based on what I, you know, research and, um, I, the magazine doesn't work. So I rely on Facebook and Instagram, you know, I pay advertisement on that. And that has worked for
0: us. a lot. Did you learn the Facebook and Instagram advertising yourself? Or did you find someone who could run the ads for you? You know, so I do it myself to save
1: money, of course. And of course it's not perfect, but you know, I, you know, but I, yeah, I didn't hire anyone, but it would be a good idea if someone would tell me, Hey, there's this company that teaches you, you know, or runs with it. And then I would just let them do it because I mean, it, I've got my money back already with just Facebook advertisement and Instagram advertisement, the magazine, I do it just because, um, I have to be. It's like a prestigious kind of thing yeah. down here to be out there. I mean, it, it is a very nice magazine and, um, the whole school of the wedding industry is there. And that's the only reason why I do it because I want to get those high-end weddings and those high-end events, um, that, that it, that it works. Yes, it does, you know, but very slowly, mm-hmm. you know, it's a very good magazine. It,
0: it does work, but very, very slowly. It sounds like maybe it. Helps you have that reputation because people see you on that magazine, maybe. But then makes you're connecting. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I used
1: to do also a lot of wedding um, expos, mm-hmm. and I stopped doing that. I I stopped doing that. I'm not gonna do that anymore. Um, you know, I didn't see the benefit behind it. You know, we were there Sundays, and we have. You know, it seems like every three months we have a wedding expo. You know, show up, and then we were like so eager to do it, and you know, you get that. Um, excitement and and, but it hasn't worked for us I haven't seen the you know we used to do like a lot of appointments and then
0: you know I don't know so it didn't work for us so I I stopped doing that so we don't do it anymore that's funny I was just talking to a venue owner in in Oklahoma City right outside of Oklahoma City and he said a very similar thing he said you know they used to do a lot of uh bridal shows a lot of expos and just not people are not using those as much and so it was a waste of money and time
1: yeah and then i don't do open houses anymore i used to um and and i don't do open houses anymore (laughs) i guess i'm just tired and said no i don't want to do that (laughs) and the reason why uh i mean there is a lot it takes a lot of time and a lot of money to do you know an open house and for us i don't know i don't think it's, it's profitable so i stopped doing that what i do do i focus on a lot of private tours on the venue and that has worked tremendously. People like that. People like to, you know, have one-on-one, um, uh, interaction and then, you know, that, that we, we do, you know, every day.
0: Do, do you have a set? Oh, so you said every day. Do you have a sense of how many tours you do every week or every month? If you had to guess. Yeah. So usually we do, uh,
1: more or less, no more, probably like 10, now average is 10 a week. Okay. That's good
0: for like yeah. a month, 30, 40 a month.
1: Yeah, sometimes people get crazy, and we've had this past week on Monday, um, the f- l- last week, we had uh, three tours on one day. Oh, wow. And, yeah, but it's by point only, is that something that it, it can show up? And, you know, people, we have a booking system where they booked it their private tour, and then we approve it, and we kind of screen who's going to come in. Um you know, we ask some questions, you know, when is your wedding day? You know, how many people, you know, things that were very specific and we want to screen them because we just don't so want anyone just to show up and waste our time, yeah. basically, uh, um, a lot of people are curious about the house and so forth, but we do, uh,
0: screen them before they come in. So that has helped tremendously. Awesome. How, how many events are you targeting to do for this year, for example? Good question. Um, My goal is to do 30 events, um, but we'll surpass that already. I was going to say, if you're doing, you know, 30, 40 tours a month, I mean, you're going to get to 30 events booked pretty fast. Oh, yeah. Do you have a goal number of events that you'd like to get to? Uh, Like a number? I want to do at least 52. Okay. Minimum of 52. That's my goal. Is that pretty common in that area? Or would that be like extremely high for, for your area? No, when I was, well, remember we're outdoors. So for outdoors is
1: a little bit more, um, challenging because of our weather. Mm -hmm. South Texas is extremely hot. Um, you know, it's, we have weird weather for, I would say for someone that has an indoor venue, that would be
0: a minimal. Okay, yeah, to have a, an, an indoor outdoor area. So talk to me about the seasons a little bit, because I know I mean, when I lived in Texas, it was you kind of had two seasons, but that was also up in the Fort Worth area, so it was like you had a couple months during winter that were not great, and then you had a couple summer months that were way too hot. Um, do you have like a winter time, or is that really a nice time and, and because you're you're further down closer to the equator? Yeah, so October,
1: November, December, and January. Even up to February and April, those are good times for outdoor weddings.
0: Okay. Oh, so you really just have two seasons, like, uh, like a peak season that goes all the way through the winter and then the summer is off. That's so, correct. The summer, but we do do events during the summer. Okay. It's just hot. It's just very, hot. But <laughs> fair, fair. Okay. Very cool. As far as things like, um, you know, systems that maybe have helped you be successful or, you, you know, process the, the work that you're doing? How are you keeping track of couples when they book with you? Are you using like a CRM system or a planning tool or something like that? So, no, I keep everything manual. I like to have
1: it, you know, I, I make my notes, I, the old way, uh, I don't rely on computer system because I don't know why I'm I'm old fashioned, but I have everything, you know, I do the contracts manually and, and so I, like everything's manually written down, that's what I do.
0: Okay. Hey, as long as you keep good files, sometimes those are easier to access than you know trying to have to figure out a a big computer system, and then you lose something, and then you delete it, and you know.
1: Yeah, and people here down here they want that uh, personal touch, you know. So if I send them someone, you know, I've I've tried it. If I send someone online or email or a contract through there, they're like, no, they want to see me. They want to come and see me. They want to know who who they're having business
0: with and, and that that part so that's why i do it too it's just easier yeah no that, that makes total sense do you do you have a lot of people who are more like from the area or do you have people who are flying in or coming in from out of town or are visiting the the venue so yeah no most most of the most of my contracts are locals okay
1: um or that students have gone you know out of state to you know to study in the colleges and then they come back with their families so but most Mostly we are a local community, yeah.
0: Very cool, very cool. I have a couple more questions, and then I'll ask you the final question that I like to ask everybody, but I'm going to give you a little preview of it. Um, I, I usually ask, what's your favorite part of owning the venue, and then what's your least favorite part of owning the venue? So I'm going to ask you that in just a second. But before we get to that, I was curious, when you think about your journey in owning the venue and you think about your journey in, in kind of your wedding experience, um, if you were going to go back kind of before you started the venue, would you do anything different as far as like, would you build your venue from the ground up or do you like that you took over that really has like a historic building? Well, um, we built
1: this from the ground up. It wasn't a wedding venue when we acquired it, it was just a house. Uh, oh, yeah.
0: we- so t- okay, so tell me about that a little bit more because I, 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 I maybe misheard. I thought you were saying you bought it and then just I know you said you renovated it. We bought
1: the property, but it was a, it was just a house with a big lot. Um, that's what it was. It was an abandoned 1913 house, and we converted it into a wedding venue.
0: Okay. So yeah. so we did it from from ground up. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, was, what, how was that experience? Like, for someone listening to this right now, thinking about maybe buying a venue, like, that's already built versus building it? I mean, what was that experience like? Well, first of
1: all, you save a lot of money if you, you do it from, from scratch, like me, you know, they just buy something abandoned, something old, and then you just convert it into, um, you know, a venue. Um, it, it I would recommend 100% to do that route because there's a lot of venues out here for sale, but you're going to pay premium pricing for that. Mm-hmm. Um, my partner makes fun of me and he gets upset because I told him, Hey, we just, just, we should just sell it and build, you know, buy something else and, you know, buy a property and build it. And he's like, no, no, no. But, um, I got it at a very good price. But right now I think it would be, if I sell it, I, I could sell and make very good money on it because it's already established. Mm-hmm. So if someone if an investor wants to come in and take over it, well would I, I would I do it. I would sell it <laughs> yeah I,
0: i'm I'm curious because a lot of a lot of the chatter that I've heard in the industry is that maybe because of the economics, I know uh, there's a bit of inflation or I guess maybe deflation, like the value of the pace of the dollar is, is uh, a little bit lower in the past couple months, six months or so, I know the dollar is weakening. I know, you know, economically things are on shaky ground. And so the people are thinking about that as they're booking their weddings. Are you feeling the impact of that where where you are or not as much?
1: No, not really. Um, You know, I think people in the wedding who's looking for a wedding, they're always going to get married and they're always going to have a quinceanera. And I don't know how they're going to come up with money, but they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we haven't seen, I saw it through COVID because we, and the only reason that I saw it because the state wasn't allowing us to make any events, but if not, people would have still made their events, mm-hmm. you know, so COVID wasn't really, you know, they were really scared of COVID. You know, people were telling me like, I want to do my event. I said, I can't, I'm, I'm gonna, I can't because there's a regulation, you know, I, I can't because of the state of Texas. So we haven't seen that here. At least I haven't in my, in my in my venue.
0: As soon as we opened the doors, we started booking events. That's awesome. That's very cool. And I'm glad to hear that. I just I know that is a conversation that I've had a couple of different times with different venue owners in the U.S. So it's that's a that's an interesting topic. Um, Speaking of you said local regulation and things like that, when you were going through the process of, you know, rehabbing the property and building the actual venue, was it difficult to work with the local county or city officials or were they generally pretty helpful? No,
1: they were very helpful. I think they were excited about, it was like was a small community inside several, uh, cities around it. Um, so West was growing and I think people were excited more than anything that we took over the property cause it was, it was abandoned for so many years and we bought actually the iconic haunted house in West So we didn't know we had bought the haunted house. Everyone knows it by that. Um, So as soon as we started remodeling and, you know, making it known that we were going to be a wedding venue, you know, everyone was excited. So I've had the city come in, you know, the chamber of commerce, you know, the school district, you know, everyone wants to see the house. And we've had, we posted events for them. And they're more than anything excited and, you know, about the project um, because it was a hundred percent. I mean, we converted this, you know, a hundred percent. That's, that's so cool.
0: Yeah, that's, that's so cool. I love hearing that, you know, here where we are in California, usually it's very difficult to deal with the the county or the city. It's extremely difficult. Like if you want a permit for an event center, it might take you three years just to wow. just to get the permit. Wow.
1: Yeah. I think here, down here, people are, you know, uh, are eager to open businesses and, and we need, we need the businesses. So I think it's it's, I don't know,
0: it's different. That's cool. Hey, that's good to hear. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. Um, probably one of the reasons why we don't own, own any of the venues, but, um, I, that's good to hear. Oh, you asked, I was going to, I was, it just reminded me, I was going to ask. So you said it, they, people knew it as the haunted house. Is it haunted? I have to ask. We, we don't know yet. Uh, That's a good question. We don't
1: know. It's funny because the first time we came to see it, the realtor, um, I didn't come to, I was in, in a conference in Vegas, but my husband was here with the realtor and I heard her say, oh, this house is never going to sell. It's on, it's been on the market for more like, than 10 years. It needs a lot of work and this houses that I never, never going to sell. And I was in the background I'm like, lady, you don't understand that's going to be my wedding venue. I was, you know, and I was like telling my husband, let's make an offer. Let's make an offer. Let's make an offer. So, um, we did. <laughs> And I knew, I knew exactly when we wanted it for, um, and it's funny because I thought it was going to be, um, one acre and it turns out to be three acres. So it it was even better. That's, that's awesome. That's a good surprise. So, and the reason why we found out that it was hot or that it was known by a haunted house, because we posted on our Facebook and everyone, we just kept, everyone kept, you know, putting comments on there, oh, the haunted house, haunted house, haunted house. And I'm like, oh my God, there goes my venue and there goes my career. So it was really, that, that was really, I was really worried about that. So like all my investments, all my money, that's it. It's on the drain. I don't have a wedding venue anymore, but we just started playing around with it. And, you know, we, you know, turned it into a positive and, you know, now it is. Now it's a wedding venue.
0: <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. I love hearing that. all right. one one last question before uh, before we get to to wrap up today. and I really appreciate your time. This has been really fun, you know, hearing about your venue and getting to you a little bit more. Um, when you are looking at the industry and, you know, obviously you're in some venue groups and things like that, what ways are you looking to increase your knowledge of the industry? You mentioned you were at a conference in in Vegas, like, what ways are you using to educate yourself and kind of keep growing, uh, your knowledge of the industry?
1: Well, it's, it's always good to learn new things. You know, I'm always, I in the association on Facebook and there's always asking people asking questions so forth. Um, and it's a matter of protecting ourselves, you know, French, you know, for insurances and all that. There's a lot, of, you know, there's a lot of people since you deal with a lot of people at, at one point, um, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. You know, someone might fall, you know. I'm not you know something you know you didn't get the cake that you wanted an ugly you know an upset customer things like that so that really helps me every time someone posted something I read it and and if I have something to you know contribute to of course I will um, but I'm always learning from other venues and a number of things and and the reason why I started doing consulting is because since I used to lease and manage other event centers. I don't do that anymore, but now I'm saying, okay, if you want my expertise or if you want my knowledge, I would go into my, as a consultant, you know, to make sure that you get the sales and you have the right people. And then uh, the ifs and, you know, the, the do's and don'ts. Um, but again, it's, all this is a learning experience. You learn, you know, from each other. Um, I know pretty much everyone in the wedding industry here, you know, people that own venues and things like that. And I think that helped me, you know, get to where I'm at right now, managing my own venue, because I know what what works and what, what doesn't. But I think since I was managing and leasing other venues and working for other people that helped me tremendously, um, going back, I don't think that I could just do
0: it without that knowledge. It's just easier to have that background. Yeah. That makes so much sense. All right. Well. Now it's time for the final question. <laughs> um, your your favorite part and then your least favorite part. But of course, let's start with the least favorite part and uh end on a positive. Um, the least favorite part, I I don't know. I I, I enjoy every aspect of it. I think what worries
1: me is like not being able to pay the mortgage. <laughs> like if I don't get bookings, I get I get so stressed, stressed out, like, you know, having done done any tours and all that. That's the least you know, thing that I, I like not having tours or people here, um, the, something that excites me and I look forward to is meeting people and doing the event itself. I mean, I, 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 love that, you know, for me, it's a lot of fun. It's not work. I tell my clients I can do, you know, weddings with my eyes closed. Um, and it's fun. I enjoy it a lot. Um, you know, every aspect of it, like the organization, the the planning, you know, the florals you know, and I, I get chills every time, you know, they're doing their first dance. And then, you know, every time they're walking down the aisle and said, there's crying, or oh, I start crying? It's like, so sometimes with us, it just, they sometimes become family. You know, they look forward to working with you and, and since you do a good job, you know, they continue to refer your business and that's the, the that's the most I enjoy doing that for, for my
0: client. That's so cool. That's awesome. Jorge, thank you so much for coming on today and just sharing your your experience with us and your venue. I don't think we said it in the beginning, but um, the actual name of the venue is House of the Orange Blossom, correct? That is correct. House of the Orange Blossom. Beautiful, beautiful. So if people want to connect with you, if people want to um, you know, reach out to you, maybe even ask Uh, questions about venues, venue management, venue ownership, things like that, where is the best place to connect with you?
1: Uh, Through Facebook or to my phone number. They can just call me or drop me a text and I can help out. That's not a problem.
0: Perfect. Okay. Yeah, let's make sure we get all that info for you uh, from you and we'll put it in the description on, on YouTube and in some of the Instagram links as well. And Jorge, it's been a great time. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for the invitation you know, to make sure that you get sales and you have the right people. And then
1: uh, the ifs and, you know, the, the do's and don'ts. Um, but again, it, all this is a learning experience. You learn, you know, from each other. Uh, I know pretty much everyone in the wedding industry here, you know, people that own venues and things like that. And I think that helped me, you know, get to where I'm at right now, managing my own venue, because I know what, what works and what, what doesn't, but I think since I was managing and leasing other venues and working for other people, that helped me tremendously. Um, Going back, I don't think that I could just do it without that knowledge.
0: It's just easier to have that background. Yeah, that makes so much sense. All right, well, now it's time for the final question. (laughs) Um, Your your favorite part and then your least favorite part, but of course, let's start with the least favorite part and uh, end on a positive. Um, The
1: least favorite part? I, I don't know. I, 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 enjoy every aspect of it. I think what worries me is like not being able to pay the mortgage. <laughs> like if I don't get bookings, I get, I get stressed, stressing out. Like, you know, having done and done any tours and all that, that's the least, you know, thing that I, I like not having tours or people here, um, the something that excites me and I look forward to is meeting people and doing the event itself. I mean, I, I, I love that. You know, for me, it's a lot of fun. It's not work. I tell my clients I can do, you know, weddings with my eyes closed. Um, and it's fun. I enjoy it a lot. Um, you know, every aspect of it, like the organization, the the planning, you know, the florals, you know, and I, I get chills every time, you know, they're doing their first dance and then, you know, every time they're walking down the aisle and start, they're start crying, wives oh, I start crying. It's like, so sometimes with us, it just, they sometimes become family. You know they look forward to working with you and and since it, you do a good job you know they continue to refer your business and that's
0: the, the that's the most i enjoy doing that for, for my client that's so cool that's awesome jorge thank you so much for coming on today and just sharing your your experience with us and your venue i don't think we said it in the beginning but um the actual name of the venue is house of the orange blossom correct that is correct house of the orange blossom Beautiful, beautiful. So, if people want to connect with you, if people want to, um, you know, reach out to you, maybe even ask uh, questions about venues, venue management, venue ownership, things like that, where is the best place to connect with you? Uh, through Facebook or through my phone number, they can just call me or
1: drop me a text, and um, I can help out. That's not a problem.
0: Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Let's make sure we get all that info for you uh, from you, and we'll put it in the description on on YouTube and in some of the Instagram links as well, and. Jorge, right, it's been a great time. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for the invitation.